Hey folks, Sir Charles Carey here. I'm live. I'm just messing around. I don't know what I thought I was doing, but welcome to another episode of What's Your Come Up Story. And today the theme is based around music. Um, I'm waiting for my guest. This gentleman is world-renowned. He's been involved in the music industry for a very, very long time. Uh, he's been a soloist. He's been with the group. And uh, I mean, I think he's even dabbled with acting and modeling. But we're going to talk to him in a short spell. But as always, I encourage you to take notes, to ask questions, whatever it may be. If you're live, post live. If you're in the replay, hashtag replay and make your comment or your question. And I'm waiting for him now to uh, hit the link so that uh, he can join me and we can begin this conversation because <clears throat> so much history. He's done so much and he's been around for a very long time. Um, and for those who know already, it's great. I'm talking about Russell Patterson. He says I'm working on it. He's trying to get connected. Just hit the link and you should be A-OK. -okay. So, <clears throat> again, Russell Patterson is from the group The Black Ivory. And if you remember The Black Ivory, they did songs like Don't Turn Around and You and I back in the uh, days when the Jackson 5 were really big and you know, all those 70s doo-wop groups and crooners were big on the scene like blue magic and the dells the delphonics and you know they were a part of that storied history you know they came out doing their very own thing in harlem and russell is one of the founding members of that group so uh hopefully as soon as he can figure this out just to click the link we can bring him in and you can see him and speak with him uh, directly for yourself. So in the meanwhile, I am going to, let's see where I'm going to go. I'm going to go right here to this single mode so I can speak to you without the distractions on the screen and see, yeah, see where he's at. So, um, but I could tell you a lot about him because I do uh, know him from, we're from the same neighborhood, the same community in New York City, in Manhattan, in Harlem. And um, I do know that he has been on the road. I do know that uh, he not only has been on the road, but, uh, you know, he travels with the group. He does his own thing. And like most of us, he's still in flow. You know, he's trying to do what he does because this is what he loves, the creative part of his life, the creative makeup uh, that has made him who he is. So as soon as, again, he can just simply click that link, we can be up and running and you can hear for yourself um some of the stories he may have to tell you i don't know how it's going to be but uh we're going to see he's typing now so let's see do you remember those days in fact whoever's watching if you remember the black ivory please just let me know make a comment the songs were don't turn around you and i and there was a string of others and then there was a point when the group um Leroy, who was, I guess, I think Leroy was a lead singer. They all ch did leads, but Leroy was a very, um, how would you say, energetic, dynamic, upfront man. But he left the group for a while, although he wrote still with them and they were still good friends. Um, he left and they did a song 
in the 70s, late 70s, like almost the 80s, called Mainline. So if you remember the Black Ivory, just let me know. Make a comment. You know, I like the thumbs up. Thank you for that thumbs up. Thank you for that heart. But let me know if you really remember the group. And I'm curious who remembers them and who doesn't. See, what was that? Was that him? Not yet. I do know that he's in the airport. I've done a few times. Yeah, I think he's getting some assistance. He is in the airport. He is on his way uh, coming south, coming back up north right now. So uh, this should be really interesting. I really would love to get his perspective and uh, have this conversation with him. So uh, you guys can experience it as well. Now, honestly, who remembers the group? Do you really remember? What was your favorite song? What, um, I don't know if you're a woman, what member did you like? Was it Leroy? Was it Stewart? Um, was it Russell? Who did you remember or cater to? Whose style appealed to you best? Do you remember that? After all, it was a very long time ago. And the reason why I'm excited is because we don't always have friends that are still around. You know, for those of us that are from the same community, of the same era, many of us are here without our friends. Our friends have left without us. You know, uh, God bless those who have had a full or enjoyable life. But some of us are still around. And it's really nice when you see someone that you've known for a long time. Okay, let's see who that is. It's nice when you see someone that uh, you've known for a long time. And it's, here, he, here he comes, I believe. And they're still around. So let's see. Bam, there he is. <laughs> what's going on, man? Hey, Charles, what's up? Man, it's all good. I'm up here telling lies on you. <laughs> That's okay. I do it all the time. What you told him, I'll, I'll, I'll confirm for you. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Russell what, Patterson. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, look, man, I'm, I'm trying to say, I was going to say that uh, I was trying to make a joke, but I was like, the gray wouldn't let me get away with it. I was going to say that I was going to, I'm older than you. And some someone would probably say, "Yeah, it looks you look like." <laughs> now you lying. <laughs> oh, see, I know, right? <laughs> look, man, I'm glad to to finally get a chance to catch up with you. Um, I know you've done a lot. I know you're doing a lot. I wanted to ask you a few questions before we jump into the music per se. But um, okay. gro growing up in Harlem, what was life like uh, from how you best remember it? Um, well, I, I was like a quiet, shy guy, so, and, you know, I wasn't into sports. I was going to the music and trying to trying to do that kind of thing, so I really didn't get to go out a lot, you know, learn how to play basketball and all that good stuff, so. Okay. Growing up in Harlem, I was, I was very much a loner. Okay. You know, I had, I had the big bifocal glasses. The big really? Stomach, you know, so. oh, yeah, I was Coke bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing them, man. Look, what school did you attend? 
Um, I had attended Brandeis High School. Oh, you went to Brandeis? Okay, I went to Central Commercial, uh, which later oh, turned went, to North. I went there too, though. Really? Yeah, I went there in ninth grade, and then we went to Brandeis after. Okay, that. okay, yeah, they changed. My mom the... was there too. Stop playing. My mom graduated from there. Wow, strange yeah. turn of events. But you know, um, I remember, you know, the community we come from. I think we were only a couple of blocks away because you and I have. Uh, a good friend in common in Carlton. And uh, I remember Carlton used to hang out with you guys a lot. And he would tell me all kinds of stories, which I can't tell right here. But I just remember <laughs> it had me intrigued. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had good times. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, and because of Carlton, it really piqued my interest even more. I come from a musical family, but hearing him talk about you know, um, the solid relationship he had with you and Stuart and Leroy made me more interested in really getting involved in stepping out of my shy zone because I was a shy kid too. You know, I played basketball, but, you know, music was really where my heart was at. Right, right. Yeah, and you you sang good. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, um, I remember my first experiences were with the choir outside of school. And then I did okay. a little dabbling in high school uh, for my graduation, but I was really starting to feel myself, and I started feeling more confident in, you know, finding a carve a path. But for you, young man, you are part of a very historic and I would say iconic group called the Black Ivory, and uh, you know, you guys did a lot of. Th- I mean, that Don't Turn Around album still hits, man. You know, I think it's just a good, good project. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we were definitely blessed in, um, in um, being associated with our producer manager at the time, Patrick Adams. I was going to ask you about Patrick. One, yeah, he's the one who, you know, we were in um, IS-201 on 148th Street and 7th Avenue writing the songs for that album. And he, you know, he started shopping it around and, you know, somebody liked it and they gave us a deal. Wow, that's great. We were I think we were 16 years old too, so. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, um I think that album and there was a follow-up album. What was the follow-up album to Don't Turn Around? Baby Won't You Change Your Mind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you guys had a good run. Now, I'm going to ask you this because I don't know why I keep thinking about this. Did you guys ever do a show? Now, I know there's been a lot of shows you've done over the years, and I know this is a right. long time, but were you ever on the show with New Birth and a bunch of other acts in D.C.? Yeah. Oh, well, we were, we did a, a tour with them. We, we did Apollo Theater with them, and then we went to D.C. after that, yes. I saw y'all in D.C. Yes, that's what it was. I remember oh, that because my... down there? Um, I got family down there, so you know, and that's where I'm at now. Really? That's where you live now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Outside of the that's city, cool. but still, you know, I remember my brother took me to the uh, the concert, and I mean, we was like right up at the front of the stage, so we got to see everybody, and it was like, seemed like hours, but it was like maybe four or five acts. I don't remember everyone on the bill, but... It was just a yeah. great experience for me, you know, to see it in real yeah, that time. Was a great show. I love New Yeah, man. I mean, shoot. I mean, they had so many hits. You know, to me, they were like 
the answer to or the sort of counter group to uh, Parliament. You know, they had that same feel, that funk and that uh, right. rich, that, that rich. Mm -hmm. The difference is that they had voices like that girl in the group. Woo! Yes. And the guy in the group, you know, the two of them, the combo was really and the songs they had, you know, Funkadelic was more yeah. about you the know, groove. improvisation and stuff right. like that musically. Whereas um, New Birth was all about the singing and, the, you know. Yeah, because that Dream Merchant, whew, that was that was the yeah, thing. That was yes. the thing, man. So yeah. now, I know that you know you guys have been around so long and have done so much. There was a time that uh, I know Leroy was doing some other things, and then you guys did Mainline, moving fast up to like seventy nine ish. And um, man, to me, Mainline did not get the respect it deserved. That album was good. Well, you know, the problem at the time was um, Mainline came out during what became the infamous disco revolution. Yep. So, you know, we I think it came out like three weeks before they burnt all those those records. In the I remember stadium. that. And after that, all radio stations stopped playing disco music. But, but you know luckily, what? Uh-huh. But the thing was, one of my favorite songs on there was a ballad. Well, you did your version. Y'all did the version of "You Turn My Whole World Around." Yeah. That was the yeah. joint right there, man. I was like, when I heard "You Turn My Whole World Around," um, Mainline, and I can't. I got the. I still got the album here somewhere, but it was like okay. that album should have gotten more play, more opportunity. Um, and I just, I'm just, it was just to me unfortunate that it didn't. I'm looking at some comments online. I'm trying to see what people are saying. Well, can, I, can I tell you a little story about that? Please do. When that came out, the, the album, we were with Buddha Records at the time. Right. Oh, no. When that came, well, you came, that was the second album? You turned my whole world around? Yeah, that was mainline, no, the mainline album. Oh, the mainline album. Yeah, we were with Buddha Records. And, um, Buddha had just signed the model Beverly Johnson uh -huh. and, made, and made an album with her. And that became their priority. What? That's yes. crazy. I yes. bet you, well, nothing against Beverly, but did, the, did her album do anything? Did the project go anywhere? No. I didn't think it did. No. Now, it if I had... I asked, I, I asked the president of the company, I said, well, you know, what... what, what um, what was your motivation in doing that? And he said, well, she's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I get that too, but if you don't have a good gimmick working behind the beauty, how much longevity did they expect it to have? Thank you. Yes. Damn. That's that's a shame. That was a waste, uh, a bad decision and a waste of, uh, of resources, if you ask me. But, um, I mean, I can remember playing that album over and over again just because I just thought you guys did such a great job. And then as you fast forward between touring and, you know, thinking about your next deal and who's going to sign you. And, you know, we fast forward several years after that. And all of a sudden there's this new project called Continuum. So yes. what's the story behind Continuum? Um, well, we had been actually working. What we did is we got together. We broke up for like 
17 years. Leroy left the group in 1977. And um, our manager passed maybe in 1982-83. And we had talked about getting back together. That was always his dream for us to get back together. So we were going to um, get back together and make some music. And it took us 10 years because everybody, all three of us were working on different projects. Right. So it came to a point where we say, okay, well, either we're going to do it or we're not going to do it. So we, I was working on a solo project. Leroy was working on his solo stuff. And Stu was working on a couple of songs. So we said, okay, well, let's pull songs from our projects to make this album. And that's how it came together. Okay. Okay. That made sense. That Look, that was very giving of you guys, man. But... Um... And as as we say in the music business, you got to do what you got to do to keep food on the table, you know. So I was glad yeah, to see yeah. that you guys had that resurgence for the Continuum album because, um, you know, I remember the days of Record King Audio, both stores and bouncing around from store to store. And I mean, people don't know for me, a kid that just loved music, probably like yourself, and I was a really an introvert. I found joy in just reading the liner notes. You know, I mean, I wanted you know, to know I miss, who was working. I miss that stuff. Yeah, who's working with who? Yeah, that was the best part of the album after the music. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then, you know, you, you've done all these things and then the solo part of your life. You know, I was looking at uh, some of your history with, um, uh, you did Strange Magic and I Surrender and If only you knew and celebrate. I mean, you have constantly stayed active or made sure that there was a level of visibility uh, for your brand, for yourself, and I guess for your heart, you know, which is something you really connected with music. And you work with different mm -hmm. people. Who's Frankie Estevez? Uh, Frankie Estevez is, uh, I actually was introduced to him through a friend of mine who, you know, he knew that I was looking for a recording studio to work out of. Nice. And he said, he said, well, you know, you need to get with my friend Frankie. So he took me to the studio and Frankie and I just clicked. And Celebrate nice. was actually a track he had. And he asked me if I could, you know, write some lyrics to it. And it took me a while, but, you know, I finally got the lyrics together. And from then, from that point on, I knew that he was the person I needed to be with to complete an, a whole album. Right. So... Are all those songs from the same project? I'm looking at Strange Magic, Love Life, Sign yeah, of Time. My, that's my solo album, uh, nice. Love Life. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I was listening to it earlier, and I'm like, man, if we only could do music the way we used to do it, I tell you. <laughs> I mean, in some ways it's good, in some ways it's not, because it's great to keep all the money in your own pocket, or right. most of it. But the bad part is the big machine, um, you don't have that extra push. What are, what are your thoughts on the way music is uh, promoted and, and performed today? What's your, your, your view on it? Well, I, I like a lot of the music, but, you know, every generation has their own, you know, their own thing. So right now it's all about hip hop and rap. Because if, right. you, you know, you, you talk to a younger person or you listen to what a younger person is listening to, the majority of the music that they like is rap music. Right. So, you know, but as far as promotions, like you said, the big machine is not as big as it used to be. And people's 
you know, who people like Beyonce and Jay-Z, they don't make the kind of money off of records that they used to make back in the day. So that's why they're like, you know, promoting alcohol and clothing lines and stuff like that. Whereas before, you know, that was frowned upon. Right. So, so the, the problem now for a lot of, you know, up and coming artists is they don't have the wherewithal to promote their music the way, you know, getting on urban radio is not easy because conglomerates like iHeartRadio are the ones who are deciding who gets played and who doesn't. So right now it's more about a pop, you know, pop uh, music sung like in an R&B, R&B style. Right. By, you know, like pop people. Like Justin Bieber and those guys. Justin Bieber. Um, Just Timberlake. Right. Well, and the R&B artists, the black R&B artists are on the internet and you got to go through YouTube or, you know, those kind of streaming sites that the kids go through to, right. to hear the music. Except well, you for know, they let one or two in like her. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I'm of the mindset that our generation, the listeners of our generation, are still listening or looking for artists like us, you know, that have the nice soul songs or a nice mid-tempo track that you can dance a little bit to if you want to, or you can just listen to it. And we don't have the engine. I mean, I know you just said the streaming platform is is the way to go, but um, yeah. we don't have the, the machine to drive the engine unless we're driving it ourselves. And that's right. the only bad part, for, for example, unless your song just happens to have the right mechanics the right feel the right, right. flow you know um so I man I'd, I'd love to try to write something for you sometime but uh we can talk about that offline but okay. um yeah man um so we'll now, the next project now yeah there you go because <laughs> i just put our project in was it november december and uh, actually i'm already working towards whatever the next big thing is going to be so I'm kind of like in the okay. lab right now. <laughs> All right, well, I'm looking for it, and I would love to collaborate. I'm, you know, that's that's what I've been doing. Like, a lot of the songs on the album I've worked with, Frankie and I basically produced them, but writers, I've worked with other writers. So. Okay. Well, we did say a long time ago, at least I remember saying to you, man, we're going to be on the same stage one day. I didn't say whether we would have canes or not. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but, um... So let me ask you this, because I know um, you've been in the business a long time. You've had agents, managers, you've worked with producers. What right. was that experience like working with Patrick Adams? Is In fact, is Patrick still around today? Yes, Patrick is still around. Yes. Okay, so how what was that experience like working with Patrick? Well, we were all around the same age. Patrick is like maybe three years, four years older than we were. Okay. And... He's extremely talented, you know, in what he does. So working with him was really, really, you know, collaborative and it was a wonderful experience. Was he agent and producer or just manager or what? Well, he was initially, uh, we collaborated and producer and uh, manager at the time. Okay. Do you think that artists today need managers or what's your, what is your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, because you can't do everything, but you need a you need a 
you know, a, a machine behind you, your own machine. So you need right. a manager, you need a booking agent, publicist, you know, for, for publicist for females. They need the glam squad. So it's it's definitely a group effort. Okay, what 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 would you suggest for new artists or young artists uh, today, as far as wanting to enter into the music business? I just think they need to follow their dream. I mean, you know, Little Nas X is a prime example of that. True that. You know, he found he found a track online and he put a rap to it, and you know, Old Town Road became mm. huge, and now he's a millionaire. How about that? So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta still follow your dream, because you know, to be honest, for a minute, I decided not to do music. I was really like so disillusioned by by the industry, and we lost our deal, and you know, nobody wanted to sign us. And I was like, you know, what am I going through this for? But in my mind, I said, after a while, I said, you know what, this is what I'm here for. This is my gift. And okay. I need to share it, and you know. If it happens to a point where it's, you know, a big hit or not, at least I'm doing what I love. Right. Exactly. So we got we got some comments. I want to read some of these comments. Um, oh, wait, some people said they remember the group, you and I. Um, I'm seeing, yeah. I can't see all the names because people have to uh, sign in fully. But it says, what's the history behind the name Black Ivory? Um, well, you know, at the time when we came out, everybody had these crazy names like Clockwork Orange and The Main Ingredient. So yeah. Stuart and Patrick actually, you know, they were going through the dictionary trying to figure out what to be. Because, you know, the, the original name for the group was The Mellow Souls. Okay. So um, Stuart and Patrick were going through the dictionary and then Stuart came up with, you know, why not Black Ivory? And um, Patrick said, you know, that's a really good name. It's, and and know, it stuck, for, obviously, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, Actually, somebody, so. somebody used a rock group, used it at one point. We had to tell them, yo, and deceased. Right, there you go. I know that's right. <laughs> um, Melba Moore says to say hello. She gives you a wave. She says hi. hi hey, Melba. Melba. Thanks for coming through. Uh, let's see, what else we got? We have... Um, Great history lesson, great music history lesson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you started like you said, sixteen, seventeen, or between fifteen and sixteen. Man, that's a long road, and I'm sure you've seen a lot, heard a lot, done a lot, and you know, from my era, that's still you know the original members. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, because I look at uh, Blue Magic. I'm opening up for Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes at the Beacon Theater, and I mean, things have changed, you know. And members are not there, yes. and you know, you got two and three different versions touring at the same time, which is unfortunate. It's not, I mean, it's not that unique because I remember hearing that happening, um, right, with the Temptations, you know, a while ago. But it's just like it's nothing like the real thing. Even with like loose ends, you know, it's like two different versions, you know. Right, right. Yeah, like they have like three different blue magics until recently. So yeah. was Ted still around singing? Who? Ted the Wizard. Oh yeah, yeah. He Okay. Wait, there were three different versions of Blue Magic and Ted. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. No, you know, I know that Leroy's done a lot of stuff. Um, I was think it was Confusion, Contusions. There was a group he did, and he worked with these, the Leans, uh, and he did a lot. Yeah, he's you know. been with Freak. He was with, um, and he re- he wrote songs for other people. You know, he wrote also. for Intrigue, too, didn't he? He he wrote for, he sang with Intrigue also. Yeah, because my friend um, Fred McFarland at the time, he gave me a shot, and I just wasn't ready, man. I, I just... I flopped, I froze like a deer in headlights because I didn't know what to do. I was trying to do the follow-up to somebody else's guy, and I just couldn't feel it. And next thing you know, there's the rap version, and, you know, that was that. Was that. But, right. um, but yeah, so um, what about rights and protection? What is your view or uh, advice on protecting your material and making sure that, you know, you're doing what you need to do so that you don't either get ripped off or so that, you know, your legacy has something to look forward to. Well, you definitely, if you're a writer, you definitely need to, you know, send your, your product off to the Library of Congress to mm-hmm. make sure it's copywritten. And um, these days, since they're not, you know, there's, the record companies aren't really around, a lot of the artists are. Um, also handling their own publishing because back in the day you had to sign your publishing over to the record company. So, you know, it's all about taking care of business. You got to copyright your stuff. You got to make sure the publishing is in place. If you don't know how to handle your publishing, you need to find a publishing company and solicit to them. Let them know that you're, you know, what you're doing and see if they're interested in, in representing you. Nine times so be, out of ten, they won't mm-hmm. be unless they feel that your product is hit-worthy. Um, right. But it's also, there's also made so many different ways of promoting your music. Like, there's um, television, there's commercials, there's movies. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be on the radio for you to make money from it. Also, you can send it out to, like, you, if you're writing, you can send music to other artists and, you know, see if they're interested. Because there's a... There's a um, page on Instagram that I just found that was telling you how different artists would write songs and send them to someone else and they would become a hit. Wow. And it's amazing how many songs that we think we don't know who wrote it, but you know, come find out that other artists wrote for other artists. Yeah. I heard that you with just gotta um, take care of your business basically. I'm trying to think. There's a lot of like before Bruno really blew up. Blew up. Her Bruno wrote for a lot of people. I mean, this just a ton of artists or ton ton of people that write, and it's for other artists. So, you know, that right. is a good avenue to take. So, also, would you advise ASCAP or BMI? Yes. yes. And Song Trust. One of the, but you know, there's a catch twenty two. You can't join them until you have something released. But these days, it's easy because you can release it yourself. Yep, yep. And then you know, join the the um, writers, songwriters unions. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing, man. So, do you think? Um, I know you're working on. We just mentioned it briefly. Working on uh, another project. What about the group? Is the group have any interest in doing anything or working with other people? Oh well, Leroy is doing things with other people. He's um, working with Louis Vega. Leroy oh yeah primarily in the dance. god he's been around forever right he's he's worked he's worked on the last three louis vega cds 
as like, um, well, he did a couple of Leroy songs over again, but Leroy is also an arranger, so he's been arranging some of the music for Larry, for Louis. Yeah, we got to talk um, offline about like some I of that stuff. Huh? So we got to talk offline about some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's all good, though. It's all good. Oh, yeah. So now... Um, get another record out. We'll see. Yeah, I think it we would be great. We want to put out. We did a remake of Out of My Head by Little Anthony and the Imperials. Really? Yeah. Now, do you think that it's... I mean, I don't know... We never know until you really try it. But do you think that it's good that you stay in the pocket of what you're known for or that you would consider maybe even more contemporary, uh, the Black Ivory maybe having an even more contemporary soul sound? Or will you always stay in the pocket of what you've been known for? Well, I think the way it should work is you give your demographic what you're kind of known for, but to put a little twist, like with my solo album, I did, you know, I did a remake of Show Me How by The Emotions, mm -hmm. but I kind of slowed it down and made it more of a jazz thing. Got you. Um, and then on Sign of the Times, it's not a song that, you know, you would associate with somebody from, from um, Black Ivory. But right. if you listen to any of our albums from the past, we've also had like message songs and mm -hmm. up-tempo songs that, that, you know, were deviated from the, the love ballads that we were known for. Okay, okay. No, I, don't, I, I, I believe in giving people what they think they want, basically. Right, <laughs> And then right. trying to do something, something more progressive, you know, which is, and if they don't like it, because I have, actually have a song on my CD called I Loved You, and it was about uh, a man who I saw in a newspaper who actually murdered his wife and his daughters. Wow. It was a domestic domestic dispute situation I saw in the Daily News one day. And I thought about the fact that in our community, people don't talk about domestic abuse. Or they, so you know, they decide that, you know, the woman is wrong or, you know, she's not really a victim and she needs to, like stay in the situation instead of leaving so yeah you know those things those topics uh domestic violence uh mental health uh right. keeping the code of honor in the streets i think i understand where they come from i understand why they exist but i question them because i think a lot of times people in live and die by the wrong expectations by the wrong um understanding of of when do you speak up when do you speak out you know, you right. and I come from a, a era where what goes on in this house stays in this house, and right, I'm yes. and it still happens today. But oh yeah, totally. I don't value a lot of those lessons that I was taught when I was a young boy. Not any longer. I don't value those lessons. I just think that some cases people told us what was uh, all they knew, and in other cases people told us what they thought we were supposed to do. And I just, you know, right. I just don't value that. Right. So, so um, now, I mean, I know how you guys are. Are you very busy? Are you guys stay on the road a lot, or you just take gigs here and there? How how's that working for you guys? Well, you know, the pandemic, we really didn't get a lot of work. So, right, we That's true. actually had our first gig back in October from the pandemic, and we don't really get a lot. Like before the pandemic, we might have averaged 
maybe seven shows a year. Right. But this year, we're actually playing catch-up because some of the shows we're doing, you know, our bookings we had before the pandemic that we nice. had to, you know, nice. reschedule. Um, Look, I think we have uh, maybe five more for the rest nice. of this year. That's great, yeah. man. You know, look, the more the merrier. You know, yeah, this... we'll be in Atlantic City in September. It's like a summer stage thing. It's the free gig. Um, and it's in uh, Gardner's Basin in Atlantic City. Okay. And I could post it on my Facebook page. Sure. Or, and it's given by the National R&B Music Society. So ah, cool. That page. Cool, cool. Man, that's great, man. It's really been good to catch up with you, man. I, you know, like I said, over the years, I've seen the things you've been doing, and I've been trying to do my own thing, obviously. And um, I just look forward to, you know, hanging in there, doing more of what we love. And I, th- I just think it's so important. If oh, you yeah. have a platform, you have an avenue, just do what you love. I mean, people may not really like it, but if it does good for your heart, you know, keep going. You know what? In my in my opinion, they might not like. Some might not like it, but then other people will appreciate what you do because whatever talents or gifts you come here with, you need to share with people. Yeah. Once you share it, more times than not, you'll have someone who appreciates what you're giving. Yeah, I think I'm of a mindset that the gifts that have been given to us, the talents we have, whatever it is—speaking, writing, you know, performing, whatever. Honestly, it's really not about us. In the beginning, it is because you're embracing this new thing. It's like, wow, look what I can do. But after you become seasoned, you have to realize that you're doing this for other people, for their satisfaction. It's just being channeled through you. Right. Yes. Wow. That's all right, man. So, look, man, I, I know you're getting ready to catch a flight, and I don't want to hold you long, but I definitely value your time. I don't get my whole hour and a half in three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> look man the checks in the mail man don't press me man don't... <laughs> no but um but is there is... something though of course absolutely i just want to tell you know the folks who are listening thank you for tuning in and i i don't know you know what lies he told you in the beginning but i was i am in a car and i was going to the airport <laughs> because <laughs> I need to get home, but I'm I'm so thankful that I was able to pull over. My sister, thank I want to thank my sister. She's sitting right next to me. There she is. Hey sis, how you doing? <laughs> so she's being patient and hanging in there with me, so I can hang out with you guys. Well, we value her time as well. They got a couple more comments before we let you go. No, see what what people are saying. Um, look, I got. I'm looking for my glasses. They was on my head, but now, okay, so. <laughs> Great music history lesson, yes, and she and I can't tell who this is because they don't have their name. Yes, share your gifts and talents. Some may not like it, and others will. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. That, that sounds like my sweetheart making these posts. She be supporting me all, all the time on my show. Um, but yeah, man. So listen, man. Have a safe flight, traveling mercies. Get back, and I look forward to uh, us throwing some things around. Never know what we may come up with. Look, with your voice and some of my ideas, shoot, we may get the hit we've been looking for. <laughs> hey, man, I, hey, we might make that million we need in the bank. Exactly, because look, I ain't getting no younger. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, there you have it. If you have any comments, any questions, please feel free to post them 
either now or even in the replay, we've been talking with Russell Patterson, soloist, founding member of the Black Ivory. Uh, look, lyricist. And for I those mean, folks who are not, you know, familiar with the music, all our albums are on YouTube for listening. And um, if you, you know, feel like you need them, have them in your catalog at home so you can touch them and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. They're on um, CD Baby. You can get Continuum on CD Baby. You can get my CD on CD Baby. Um, I didn't know you on CD Baby, and so am I. Okay. Yeah, you can get them all on there. <laughs> and and it's good music and it's, you know. I and what about the stuff it. from? Um, um, the last album I, I saw on your Bandcamp pro, Bandcamp profile is that on CD yes, Baby Band too? Band, no, Bandcamp is a whole different um, okay way of purchasing, which is which I actually like better because Bandcamp is a little bit more on top on on top of who purchases it and what time and all that kind of thing. I love Bandcamp much better, but it's available on Bandcamp, CD Baby, and you know nice. the other streaming sites. Someone says they look forward to checking out Black Ivory. Thank you uh, for all the viewers that have given your time as well. We definitely appreciate you. There's no need for us without you. So as I always say, folks, oh, wow, until that's nice. Thank you. Yes. Until next time, radiate the brain and change the game. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>